all your life. You've been looking for someone in some way. Out of the pit of despair. You live in every day. Searching high. Searching low, nothing found. Can't relieve the strain of living with. Not really knowing what's going down. I know your pain. I know a longing for life is. I feel the emptiness deep within your heart. To live life in vain is more than anyone can bear. I hear you crying. I know your pain. Every day, you live out your life pretending nothing's wrong. Like the words of your favorite song. Life must have a happy ending. And through the night, you live out your dreams, your fantasy. You put away reality. Then comes the morning light. I know your pain. I know a longing for life is. I feel the emptiness deep within your heart. To live life in vain is more than anyone can bear. I hear you crying. I know your pain. On that day, you discover a life you've been looking for. Eyes open, you walk through the door into a new beginning and see the one who understands what you're going through. Friend who loves you just for being you. Take it all and accept the healing. I know your pain. I know a longing for life is. I feel the emptiness deep within your heart. To live life in vain is more than anyone can bear. I know you're crying. I know your pain.
Shabbat Shalom! Greetings to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. I'm so glad to have you guys here this afternoon. What a blessing, what a blessing. I want to thank all of you that do support the ministry. It makes all the difference as we are continuing to move forward through Yahweh's prophetic calendar. All of you guys in the chat, behave yourselves. Edify one another. Make those connections. And remember... It's the 49th day of the Omer today, so tomorrow is Shavuot, and you can go to TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect. You can connect with us there on all of our Zoom platforms, and tomorrow we're going to be having a um, digital Zoom platform for Shavuot. They have opened up some sections of the country, but again, many of you are still finding yourself trapped and enslaved in a system that we're trying to get out of. And Revelation chapter 10 is going to show us some amazing things because we have an intercessor greater than Moshe, and we have help at hand whenever we need it. So let's dig into Revelation chapter 10 today. And this is where the saints enter the final period of hostility from the unbelieving world. And do you sometimes find yourself the, um, what's the word? At arms, I suppose, from the unbelieving world and hostility, especially when you go out and maybe you're challenged because you're not falling in with the social programming or the social distancing or whatever new rule or guidance that the world seems to be coming up with, that nobody seems to be in agreement with anybody and all agencies seem to be at odds with one another. It is just a convoluted spaghetti mess of, of course, a fallen and corrupt world. And right now, the world is grieving. Many people don't realize this, especially the lost, but they are grieving. And for us as believers, we know it's the grieving for a fallen world, a fallen and corrupt world, and you're seeing the fruits of it. It's absolute chaos. And they try to bring order out of the chaos, and it brings more ensuing chaos. And this, of course, is the effects of a fallen and degenerate world, of which you and I have come out of or are in the process of coming out of. But today, Revelation chapter 10, a new chapter for us to go into. And I saw another mighty heavenly angel come down from the heavens, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face were as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little scroll open, and he set his right foot upon the sea, and his left foot on the earth, and cried with a loud voice, as when a lion roars. And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices, and when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write. And I heard a voice from the heavens saying to me, Seal up those things that the seven thunders uttered, and do not write them. And the heavenly angel whom I saw stood upon the sea and upon the earth. He lifted up his hand to the heaven and swore by him that lives forever and ever 
who created the heavens and the earth and the things that are in it, and the earth and the things that are in it, and the sea and the things that are in it, that time should no longer exist. Verse 7, But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of Yahweh shall also be finished. And as he declared to his servants the prophets, and the voice which I heard from the heaven spoke to me again and said, Go and take the little scroll that is open in the hand of the heavenly angel who stands upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went to the heavenly angel and I said to him, Give me the little scroll. And he said to me, Take it, eat it, and it shall make your belly bitter but it shall be in your mouth as sweet, as sweet as honey. And I took the little scroll out of the heavenly angel's hand, and I ate it up. And it was in my mouth sweet as honey, but as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said to me, You must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. You see, this, is the mystery. And don't we just love the hidden mysteries of Yahuwah? The scroll is sweet because there is no delay. There is no delay before the seventh angel blows his trumpet and the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. It's a mystery, even, even a hidden wisdom. Of course, Paul spoke about such things to the Romans. He spoke about such things to the Corinthians in the second chapter of Corinthians, in the 16th chapter of Romans. It's the hidden wisdom which Yahweh ordained before the world unto our glory is revealed. But it's also bitter. And why is it bitter? It's bitter in the belly because there's a realization. There is a sad and bitter realization that the persecution must still be faced, that it's not over yet, that we still must go through more and endure, endure more. And the naivety of so many right now, oh, it's all over. Everything shall go on as before. Once, of course, I get my government stipend. Everything shall go, oh, I'm going to be making lots of money with all these government stipends. Oh, it's going to be, everything shall go on before, and then everything will open up. Oh, but it's bitter. A rotting pit in the stomach if you really see what's happening. You see, from chapter 4 through chapter 9, John, he'd envisioned all of his apocalyptic vision from the vantage point of the heavenlies. But now... Now he is planted firmly on the earth again as an angel of light comes down from the heaven. And I have no problem with the vantage point of heaven. I have no problem with the spiritual, spirituals, and spirituals of our belief. But at some point, you can't hyper-spiritualize the world in which we live. You have to get back down to earth and realize there's a reality to your faith. Too many times in the church, we hyper-spiritualized everything and we prayed everything away, but it wasn't away because we had our 
ideas that it was solely from the heavenly perspective. But we're in the world, we're not of the world, and it's time to get back down onto the earth and to have an earthly perspective too. They are both valid in the life of believers. I see believers in the most trouble because they've hyper-spiritualized their life away. They're making contracts and dancing with the devil because they think, oh, well, I'm really not because I pray it out. I pray it out. Well, hang on, but in the earthly realm, did you just do that or did you not do what you were supposed to do? Because you thought, oh, I'll just go into my prayer closet and pray it away. So it is valid to have the vantage point of heaven. Chapters 1 through 9. Excuse me, chapters 4 through 9. But there is a validity to having the vantage point of earth. We must be balanced in our faith. You can't read the prophets Isaiah and Jeremiah and hyper-spiritualize it away. They didn't. The physical reality was a bitterness in their stomach. Oh, there was a sweetness in their mouth, but there was a bitterness in their stomach. That is the true faith that we must come to. The knowledge of the sweetness that is in our mouth because we have tasted Yahusha and death, where is thy sting? But the bitterness that is in the pit of my stomach because I live in a fallen world and I must navigate it. And I will not abdicate responsibility from the things that I do in this world and the pain and suffering and the consequences that I see of devastation are to too many naive believers that have hyper-spiritualized away the world. So a balance must be said, especially as we go into this 10th chapter. But who is this angel that falls from the heavens? Is it Christ? Is it Michael, Michael? Is it the devil himself? Well, first of all, I want to show you the current counterfeit, the current counterfeit to be aware of that is descending presently all over the world that we live in. It's a counterfeit, but it is descending all across the world currently as we live and then we'll get into the good news then we'll get into the pure gem of the world first i'm going to show you the counterfeit and then we're going to get into the pure gem of the word there is both of them descending one is a counterfeit and one of course is going to be the pure undefiled, uncorrupted word and promises of Yahuwah. In reality, what I hope to do today is show you a juxtaposition between a counterfeit, listen, a juxtaposition between a counterfeit safety and protection descending versus a true safety and protection descending. Now, as for me, I do not place safety above life. What do I mean? I place living life above safety, which is why I get into a vehicle, which is why 
I do things like I used to rock climb and mountain climb. I love to ski. I place living above safety. When you place safety above living, you find yourself not living at all. Now, of course, the devil, Satan, makes promises that he cannot fulfill. Safety, putting your safety first, is a promise that no man has the power to fulfill because we are not gods. But they worship Lucifer and they believe they are gods. Who are they? The powers that be, the agents the agents of the counterfeit, and they make promises that they have no power to fulfill. Safety first. No, life and liberty first, and then we get to make decisions depending on who we are, what our risk-tolerant threshold is. I have a high risk tolerance. Others may not. And you have the right to pursue that. If I want to ski without a helmet, then I will ski. I ski, but I actually do wear a helmet nowadays. In my 20s, I didn't. But now I have children. I have My risk tolerance is different. Okay? I used to sometimes free climb without a rope because I liked the risk of it when I was 24. But then I decided that I would tie up because my risk tolerance dropped. So it all depends, doesn't it? It all depends. That's called life. And some of the most amazing times in my life, some of the most amazing memories of my life have been when I've had high risk tolerance. As crazy it may be. Riding the streets of Los Angeles between West Hollywood and Santa Monica. 120 miles an hour on a motorcycle in shorts and a t-shirt and no helmet. Okay? I look back on that now and I think that was insane. But when I was 19 years old, that was Los Angeles, baby. It was living. And it could have very easily have been death, but that was my decision. But now we live in a fallen world that is what? There is something that has descended, and that is what I want to talk about today. It is the counterfeit safety and protection that has descended upon the whole world versus the true safety and protection that is descending that we're going to find here in Revelation chapter 10. So let's look at the counterfeit, and we're going to look at the juxtaposition between the two. Isaiah chapter 14, and of course you know it well, the 12th verse. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, who didst weaken the nations? Lucifer, of course, is a translation of the Hebrew Chayel. Chayel, that is the name of Satan. Chayel, and it's spelled Hey Yod Lamed Lamed. Chayel, the name of Satan. Of course, translated over, we get Lucifer. Now, of course, that we spoke about it a few weeks ago. The counterfeit safety and protection descending is 
Luciferic, the light bearer, it's actually Luciferin. Luciferin. And it is about to descend upon the nation's courtesy of the COVID-19. We already spoke about COVID the other week. Alpha numerically is three. We find Abaddon is Strong's number three, the destroyer. Remember the angel of the bottomless pit. But what's now descending is the COVID, the certification of vaccination identification. Remember the Latin for Ovid is what? Sheep. Strong's number 19, COVID-19, death, slaughter. And of course, what does this all mean, COVID-19? Al-Mumat, the destroyer, the angel from the bottomless pit, the sheep to the slaughter. How? A certification of vaccination identification. It's all right there because it's called telegraphing. Telegraphing to the blind what they shall not see. But those that have the discernment can see it because Satan is a telegrapher. He is through magnification and imagery. And it is now descending upon the whole world through biochemistry. It is an organic compound called luciferic. Luciferic, meaning an angelic light. What am I talking about? It is luciferin. It is a compound whose oxidation in the presence of the enzyme luciferase. Luciferase. And it produces light. It is a biocompound. And they already telegraphed it in that huge successful movie back in 2009 called Avatar. Do you remember the movie Avatar? How their skin was like light? Because they had the luciferic enzyme bioprogrammed in the skin. And that whole movie was a telegraph for what is happening or about to be rolled out. It's descending light descending upon the world right now. This is the counterfeit. It comes from Isaiah 14. It's named after Satan, not the Hael, but the Lucifer. Lucifer, the bearer of light. And of course, the movie Avatar is all about a sinister. I mean, it's, it's just amazing how they just put it all right before your eyes. The movie Avatar, where they have the bioprogrammed skin, the bearers of light, they have that enzyme put through the body that brings through the luminescence. It is a mission to the distant world of... Does anyone remember? The distant world of Pandora. So now we're getting into Greek mythology. It's called Luciferin. Luciferin. The Luciferin of luminescence bacteria. Luminescence bacteria. It's called Luciferin. It is the light that is descending right now upon the whole world. It's the counterfeit 
of Revelation 10. We are absolutely in step with where we should be in our biblical studies by the very, very weak. In Greek mythology, Pandora's box depicts how numerous evils were let into our world in a moment of weakness on Pandora's behalf. In a moment of weakness, of global crisis and panic, we have opened up Pandora's box and we have let evil, a Luciferan evil, descend upon the whole globe because of the promise of safety and protection to the herd mentality. And because they would rather the promise of safety instead of living, they have abdicated personal responsibility and will embrace Lucifer, and they will walk around with Luciferin within their very bodies, avatars, and they have opened Pandora's box. It has already been telegraphed to humanity because that is how it works. Because then, unless you rebut it, you have accepted it. Unless you rebut it, you have accepted it. That's a legal maxim. You need to rebut it, otherwise you've accepted it. And if they present it to you again, and present it to you again, and you don't rebut it, you've accepted it. Pandora's box is about the numerous evils that are opened up and let into a world in a moment of weakness. In much the same way, we now find ourselves in this COVID-19 crisis where a world is now confronted with a choice. Open the lid or let the box be. Open the lid or let the box be. Naturally, the greed for money, power, is winning, isn't it? As people are lo losing everything, and small businesses are going under, all of the big corporations and box stores and the CEOs are making more money than they've ever made off of this. Small businesses can't get the loans they need, People aren't getting the unemployment, yet you've got massive corporations cashing in on this. You see, because this is the drive of greed, money, power. And so, thus, the lid is opened. The lid is open. So you have to get ready for the consequences. Welcome to the new age of Luciferin. Luciferin, I mean... I can't even believe this. It's even got SA10's name stamped right on it, right before our very faces, right the whole thing mapped out in the movie Avatar from 2009, right down to the biochemistry in their light-bearing skin, 
right there, right there with their mission to Pandora. I mean, it is, they are mocking us. Because we are the true children of light. The light of the world. We have been converted by the light of the world. We are the true light and they hate it. They hate it. And now we start to see the division between the sheep and the goats. The sheep to the slaughter, COVID-19. To those that bodies will go down into the bottomless pit because they will accept the Luciferin, the light bearer that is descending upon the world. It's happening right now. But there's a promise right here. The truth in Revelation 10. But the counterfeit is everywhere. Are you guys tracking with me or am I just like going too deep here? You tracking? I haven't seen you guys in a few weeks because you've been on lockdown and we've just broken you free. Breaking the jailbirds free. We broke them out of the nursing home, man. Coming here with walkers, you were crippled and now you're healed. And they are mask free and ready for action. Right? Hallelujah, Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. But really, it's heavy stuff. <laughs> Welcome to the new age. Welcome to the new age of Luciferin. The Luciferin is the luminescent bacteria. I'm talking a specific luciferase or bioluminescence descending upon the world as a health pass, as a travel pass, as a work pass, as a grocery pass. You don't get to go out unless you're accompanied by Lucifer. You don't get to go out unless you're accompanied by Lucifer. Luciferant, a luminescent bacteria, invisible health seal of loyalty and devotion to the beast, so you can partake in its world. It goes something like this. We all experience it unless you're pulling out of it. And it's you give up your rights and you sign up for privileges. And when you give up your rights and you sign up for privileges, what comes with those privileges? Attached benefits, but also attached penalties. That's the reality. Give up your rights, sign up for the privileges, and with the privileges come attached benefits, but also attached penalties. That's the corrupt system that this world operates in. That's the corrupt system that this world operates in. But like the original story of Pandora's box, Something else was let into the world when the lid was pulled away. Something to counterbalance the evils that had been unleashed. And that is our hope. And it is hope. It is hope. And the hope, brethren, is right here in Revelation 10. And that is the hope of the angel Gabriel. That is the truth. Not the counterfeit but the truth that we're going to find, the light that's descending for us, the saints, is the aid and equipment that will come 
through the angel Gabriel and, of course, the hope and expectation that Yahushua will speedily come for his saints. You see, faith isn't blind, but ignorance is. And ignorance is the root of all the evils that we are seeing today. Ignorance is the root of all the concessions that people are making. They are signing up for the benefits and they are receiving the privileges and they are also receiving the penalties instead of living a life more abundantly that comes through faith. And that's why we just cannot be at one with the world because their master is a different master. And it's not that I'm trying to be at odds with the world. It's just natural to me because I'm a different creation. I'm a different creature. I have been born from above. Therefore, I cannot be one with the world. I just, it's not even in my nature anymore. It's not even in my nature. True safety and protection descending, of course, is going to be mighty because it is the angel Gabriel. The Greek word used here for mighty gives us a really good clue. It's the Greek word Icarus. Icarus. Because in the Septuagint, Icarus is used to translate the Hebrew word gibor where we get giants, gibor, spelt gimel, bet, vav, rush, gibor. But I think there's more here, because John, Yochanan, was real smart, and I believe he was telegraphing to us the truth of Yahweh's scripture that I think the funky monks just got lost on. And that's what I want to share with today, with you today. I imagine that this is a Hebrew idiom that John was trying to communicate to us that has been missed by the King Jimmy. It's been missed by translators for centuries because the funky monks, they didn't pick up on something. Gibor, Gibor in the Hebrew, Gimel, Bet, Vav, Resh, is a play on words. It's a play on words that they missed because there's another word that John is trying to bring forth to attention. But it is a mystery to those that are veiled. Gimel, Bet, Resh, Yod, Aleph, Lamed. The Mighty One, El Gavriel. El Gavriel. It's the angel Gabriel. It's not a Gibor. It's not an Icarus. It's not a giant descending. They're going to be ascending from the bottomless pit. But no, in this time of crisis, Yahweh is bringing us the angel Gabriel in our prayer life, in our faith, to accompany us wherever we walk because we are going to find there is going to be a false light bearer in the skin of man. So Yahweh is going to bring forth his heavenly angel as the true light bearer for his saints in this season. There's a counterfeit descending that everybody's going to sign up for because they want the benefits, but they're going to get the attached penalties. 
which is going to be death and to the bottomless pit. And Yahweh, to ensure that we are able to navigate these times, is going to send us the true light bearer, the angel Gabriel, to intercede for us in our prayer life and to guard and watch over you. My son and I just experienced something today where he was in tears and I was in tears because we saw the reality of how Yahweh has got his hand upon my son even when my wife and I have got our backs turned doing something else. And we try to be just there for everything for our children. But sometimes you might miss something, right? And the devil walks around like a lion seeking how he can, who he can devour. And my son was in tears because he realized just how much Yahweh's got his hand upon him. Even in his youth and naivety. Because he's been raised in the purity of the world. He didn't realize. And Yahweh was right there protecting him. When his mother and father's back was turned to attend to the other three children. That's supernatural. This is what we're going to see more and more and more. Because we're going to have the true light. In a time of great counterfeit. In a time of great counterfeit. Daniel chapter 8 verse 16. Do we see the text backing up this play on words? The play on words, of course, is we find mighty is the Greek word Icarus. But Icarus, which is translated, the Greek word in the Septuagint, is used to translate, track with me, the Hebrew word Gibor. And Gibor is spelt Gimel. Bet Vavresh. But it's really what John's communicating here is the play on words is Gimel Bet Resh Yod Aleph Lamed Gabriel or El Gabriel is descending. And does it match to what the scripture already tells us? Daniel chapter 8 verse 16. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of Uli, which was called and said, Gabriel. Gimel bet rash yod aleph lamed. Make this man to understand the vision. You better need to know how to understand how to walk in these next days and these next years. Because we're going to walk into the kingdom. And the only light that's coming on my body is going to be through the transfiguration that happened to my master. It's not going to come through a Luciferan bacteria that's going to be put into a vaccination that is going to then enlighten your hand when you put it under the blue light scanner, the right hand or the forehead, so that you can contract with the enemy and be an avatar. Because then that destiny is the pit. Let's look at Daniel chapter 12, verse 7. And I heard a man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the rivers, when he held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven. And I swear by him that liveth forever, that it shall be for a time, times a half. And when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. And I heard, but I understood not. Then I said, Oh, my master. What shall be the end of these things? And he said, go, go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed 
till the time of the end. You can't but realize the prophetic significance here with John's vision of Gabriel from heaven and the similarities to the prophet Ezekiel and his vision of Yahuwah, because here a rainbow above Gabriel's head, and then in Ezekiel you see a rainbow around about. And I love to make these connections in the scripture. Look at Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 28. Of course, you need to look at the revelatory scrolls in proper sequence. We've done a teaching on that. But as the King Jimmy has it structured, chapter 1 verse 28, As the appearance of the bow that was in the cloud in the day of rain, so was the appearance of the brightness round about. This isn't luciferin being placed in your skin through a vaccination COVID certification of vaccination identification. No, this is from Yahuwah. You see the counterfeit? It's actually called luciferin, what they're going to be putting in people. A bioluminescence. So you won't see it until you go under the scan and you're marked that you have your health pass so that you can then partake of the benefits for which you signed up to. But you don't realize the penalties of the consequences of what you've just done. Eternal penalties. You want to play with the devil and dance with the devil, then you've got to dance to his beat. It's the Pied Piper, baby. It's Pandora's box. They've been telegraphing this since the beginning of the 20th century when they came out with the witch's stick called Hollywood. Programming, channels. I mean, it's all so occult, isn't it? What are you channeling? How can we program you? Look at verse 2 of Ezekiel. I mean, excuse me, Revelation. And he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot upon the earth. So Gabriel's legs appeared like fiery pillars, which is, to me, takes me back to the Tanakh, right? Because we're going to be led out of Egypt, out of this fallen mystery Babylon like the pillar of cloud and fire that gave both protection and guidance. That's the kind of protection and guidance I want. You see, I know where my value is, and my value is sits at the right hand of the Father. So that's where my protection and my guidance come, because I know who my daddy is. And it's not the new world order. And it's not the benefits that they want to give me because I'm not prepared to pay for the penalties which are eternal, which are eternal. You see, Gabriel is here to protect and guide me. Gabriel is here to protect and guide you through this time of great peril. I assure you, it's true. You can even take this a step further and making the Malkitetic connection because you knew I was going to do that, right? I mean, right? Is this Torah to the tribes? 
Greetings to the 12 tribes of the Malkijedic priesthood scattered abroad. I should add that in. Because there is the Malkijedic connection with the bow, of course, being the promise of Noah and the pillar of fire, the rainbow, Yahweh's presence in the wilderness. And then you've got the connection of the scroll of Revelation 10. Could you connect it to the scroll of the book of the covenant, the tablets? Of course you could. Look, unlike the great scroll in chapter 5 of Revelation that was fastened with seven seals, the scroll lays open in the hand of Gabriel, the angel here, in Revelation chapter 10. So the scroll is designated by this diminutive word in the Greek, and it's biblaradion, biblaradion, rather than the normal biblion, biblion. Because it lies open in the hand of Gabriel the angel, rather than closed and sealed in the right hand of Yahuwah. This lays open for us. This being so, the two scrolls of Revelation, they cannot be the same. They cannot be the same. They are designated differently. The seven-sealed scroll begins in chapter 5, and it continues through the end of the Apocalypse. Whereas the diminutive, the diminutive scroll right here, which is the Bibliaradion as opposed to the Biblion, right here in Revelation 10, we've got the Bibliaradion. It deals with the latecomers to the faith. The latecomers to the faith. Not the remnant. Because they're not the Malkizedic priesthood that was already marked and protected by the unsealing of the marriage invitation of the first scroll, the white horse in Revelation chapter 6, the first seal of that scroll being unleashed or unsealed, I should say. You see, this right here deals with their lot during the final days prior to the end. You see, the, the scene it's really reminiscent of Ezekiel, specifically the second and third chapters of how the King Jimmy has it formatted. And I know it reads that the angel has a voice when the lion roareth. Look at the text. I don't really think it was a lion that roareth. But that's just my understanding. Let me explain. I like to think of it that the text actually always harkens back to that which precedeth it. The bow being the promise of Noah, the pillar of fire, Yahweh's presence in the wilderness, the angel, Gabriel, as he appeared to Daniel the prophet, the scroll, the book of the covenant, the tablets of stone. This all makes sense to me. Because it goes before. I don't have to reinvent. It's scripture interpreting scripture. So then a lion roaring just makes no sense to me. But you know what does make sense to me? Moo. Yeah. You're really mooing. Yes, I am. It's for Connor up there in Washington. Moo. It's a cow. Because it's hearkening back to the golden calf. It's not a lion that's roaring, it's a cow that's mooing. How can that be so? Well, let me show you. I mean, that's the real moo. That's the real effect. 
Instead of a roar like a lion to remind humanity that their destruction comes, it comes through the mooing of a cow. Isn't that how Israel's destruction came? It didn't come by a lion. Israel's destruction came through the mooing of a cow, through the golden calf sin, and of course the subsequent golden calf breach, because that was the rejection. Well, the rejection is the rejection ultimately of the promises of Yahuwah, and his full promise is tied up in the Lamb of Yahuwah. But no, this is a moo, because this is reminiscent of the golden calf. I mean, really, I, and some of you are looking at me like I'm crazy. But this is legit. Look, raw is, because you're like, well, I'm going to need an explanation. You can't just say, okay, all right, I know. Look, raw is the Greek word mukamai, mukamai, okay? And it's an onomatopoetic, there's a big word for you, onomatopoetic word for the mooing of cattle. It really is. I'm not making this stuff up. Look, the Greek word for raw is mukame, mukame. But it's the onomatopoetic word for the mooing of cattle. You see, the cognate noun is used for the roar of a lion, but it's really the onomatopoetic word for the mooing of cattle. You see, the coming peril of divine judgment withheld is now released with the thunders. It's the antithesis of Exodus chapter 32, verse 10, where it would read more like, now, therefore, let me alone, for my wrath may wax hot against them, that I may consume them. For evil destruction did I bring them out to slay them with the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth. The wicked shall inherit destruction because it connects back to covenant infraction. You're either dancing with the devil, making contract with the devil, or you're in covenant with Yahweh. You dance with the devil, you walk with the Pied Piper, you accept the benefits, you do get privileges, but you're going to get punishments. Or you don't contract with the devil, you covenant with Yahweh, and you get the divine protection and the light that bears on your life is the light of the world that sits at the right hand of the father but he's going to bring gabriel the light bearer to intercede in your life right now or you can contract with the devil and you can get luciferin the bioengineer light that will light up your right hand and your forehead so you can be scanned to get your groceries. It's going to be your health pass. It's going to so you're not going to need to go through to TSA. You're going to be scanned all the way to the bottomless pit. Certification of vaccination identification. Sheep to the slaughter, al-mumat, contact traces to the bottomless pit. Contact traces to the bottomless pit, luciferin. It's bioengineered into the vaccine. It's insanity, and it's all being telegraphed with the opening of Pandora's box, Avatar, in that movie, 2009. 
bioluminescence, luciferin, luciferin, lucifer, the light bearer. It's the counterfeit that this world is embracing because they're dancing with the devil. Oh, man, it's intense, isn't it? I've got to sit down and have a sip from our... We're switching sponsors up every week because I can't get my stock, right? Good grief. Mm. Ponder that for a minute while we take a break. It's heavy stuff, isn't it? Mm. Mm. My, oh my. Of course, the seven thunders, the seven thunders, they connect with Psalm 29. Why don't we turn there while I'm having a refreshment here? It's intense, isn't it? Poor crikey, Mike. Oh, what a week. What a week. Mm. (sighs) Psalm 29, verse 1, of course, this is the connection to the seven thunders. where a thunderstorm is interpreted as the voice of Yahuwah. Listen, the voice of Yahuwah is upon the waters. The Elohim of glory thundereth. Yahuwah is upon the many waters. All nations, the voice of Yahuwah is powerful. The voice of Yahuwah is full of majesty. The voice of Yahuwah breaketh the cedars. Yeah, Yahuwah breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. He maketh them also to skip like a calf. Okay, I told you I can back this stuff up. I have some mad ideas, but they're rooted in Scripture. And the Bible interprets the Bible. He maketh them also skip like a calf, Lebanon and Syrian like a young unicorn. Well, that's Greek mythology, of course, thanks to the queen's court right there, but we won't get into that. The voice of Yahuwah divideth the flames of fire. The voice of Yahuwah shaketh the wilderness. Yahuwah shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of Yahuwah maketh the hinds to carve. You know, it's so crazy. I think of my life. I mean, my dad was a full-on Bible study teacher. Full-on. Then he apostatized went and did wickedness and ended up being like one of the highest masons in the United Kingdom. Then he opened a business and he called it Unicorn. 
He used to walk around. He had, I mean, he had all of these like custom ties with a unicorn on them. All of the business fans when I was growing up, unicorns everywhere. Literally was walking with the Heavenly Father and chose a different path of wickedness. And then out of my whole family, I'm the only one. But ever since I was a child, my mother's known that I was different. I don't get me any of those look like I'm special. I said different. Because Yahuwah always had his hand upon me. As with so many of you. But I look back and I see how and I read this and I find unicorn. I think, oh my goodness, it's so occult. Of course, it's really not unicorn in, in the Hebrew because Greek mythology seeped in, then into the Latin, and then, of course, the Queen's Court was full of Masons, full of occult, full of Luciferan, false light bearers. Yet I got redeemed, as you got redeemed, from my generations, from my generations. Now we get to tell a different story. It's amazing. It's amazing. Off, went off on a tangent. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Get back on it. Verse 7. The voice... See, I just got triggered by unicorn, didn't I? I need some healing from my youth there. The voice of Yahuwah divideth the flame of fire. The voice of Yahuwah shaketh the wilderness. Yahuwah shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of Yahuwah maketh the hinds to carve. There you have it again. And discovereth the forests. And in his temple doth everyone speak of his glory. Yahuwah sitteth upon the flood. Yea, Yahuwah sitteth king forever. Yahuwah will give strength unto his people. Yahuwah will bless his people with shalom. How many times do we find the voice of Yahuwah repeated in this text? The seven thunders we find of course it repeated seven times it's the thunderous echo of ancient prophecy which rolls into our present epoch with apocalyptic ferociousness and that's how i interpret scripture and that's why it moves like a calf rather than roars like a lion Look at chapter 10 and the fourth verse. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard the voice from the heavens saying to me, seal up those things that the seven thunders uttered and do not write them. Oh, no, I thought we were going to get the revelation. You see, we, ha we see that this happened before, though, didn't we? John wasn't the first person to come into this sphere of revelation and then have an accompanying restriction. Just when he thinks he's about to get the revelation, the restriction comes. That would be most disappointing. Of course, it happened to Paul, didn't it? In 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and the second verse. I knew a man in Messiah above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell. Yahweh is the only one that knoweth, such as one caught up unto the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, Yahweh knoweth, how that he was caught up unto paradise and heard, ah, oh, there's a restriction, the unspeakable words, which is not even lawful for a man to utter. 
I see the content of the seven thunders John was not permitted to reveal. It's certainly entirely possible that the words of the seven thunders are enacted in events following in this revelatory apocalypse. Or like the seals and the trumpets, they are from another series of warning and plagues. Yet to be, an angel under oath will declare that there will be no further delay. So possibly it was too late maybe even to record any further warnings. I mean, are we the Daniel generation? I really think so. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. Where? In that time, you'll know it's the end because people will be going to and fro like never before. And knowledge, well, man, knowledge is going to increase exponentially. We are traveling further and faster, aren't we? Where's Elon Musk up to lately? He's going somewhere, isn't he? Thinks he's going to another planet, apparently. That's what he thinks. He might come in for quite a surprise when he bumps up against the firmament. But, you know, that's another subject entirely, right? We are traveling further and faster and more frequently than any other generation in the history of mankind. Now, compounded with that, think about the speed and distance in which information travels to and fro faster than sound and light. And, of course, I mean, look at the difference between a, a, a Chevy and a Tesla, right? What is the difference? How electricity can instantaneously speed up and move from one place to another so much faster. Now, look at nanotechnology. Look at Neuralink. All of these things that Elon Musk is moving towards and how he's taking that Tesla platform and now moving it into artificial intelligence. Neuralink, the speed of information to be able to pass, they just came out, or they didn't come out, but they, let, they, let, they telegraphed it this week about the new retina, digital retina eyeball, artificial intelligence. Nanotechnology knowledge is doubling every two years. Clinical knowledge is doubling every 18 months. Human knowledge is doubling, doubling every 12 months. Okay, not for some of the snowflakes out there, but, but, but generally. Internet and cyber technology is doubling every 12 hours. Every 12 hours, internet and cyber technology is doubling. This is insanity. What stands in the way of the final dramatic period of human history? The shift of history to a present, revolutionary, and revelatory seals and trumpets. That's all. That's all. That's all that stands in the way is the revelatory seals and trumpets. Because we're right there. We're right there. Right now, presently, Yahweh is intervening in the lives of men, influencing, influencing us in a way 
I haven't experienced before. Right now, I'm going through some major heavy things, but it's, it's revelatory. And it, sometimes it's quite frightening, I must say. But I just have to navigate it as you do. As you do. I mean, Yahweh is long-suffering, and he's merciful. But once we reach this point, Yahweh will not intervene to give humanity further opportunity to repent. Once we reach this point in the revelation of Revelation 10, Yahweh is just giving man over to his desires. And he will not intervene. And that is what I... I'm mourning about for this world right now. I see the giving over. You okay? I see that. And I do grieve that because I see it. The giving over where Yahweh will not intercede. This is Revelation chapter 10. He will no longer intervene to give humanity, humanity, excuse me, further opportunity to repent when they go this far with the luminescence. Luciferin. This is the time of Daniel 12, chapter 1. This is the time of Mark, chapter 13, verse 19. The darkness, brethren, before the dawn. We are at the darkness before the dawn, the period of Satan's rage. And I think you can all feel it. I think even the heathen feels it and they don't understand it. So they interpret it in fear. And they look for safety at whatever hand will feed them. But the prophet Daniel tells us in the first verse of the 12th chapter, And at that time, what time? That time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even at that time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered because we will have, we do have right now, currently, supernaturally, angelic intercession and mediation being sent from heaven to us. Right now, an assurance, because Yahweh is merciful, and he is long-suffering. And as S.A. Tam and the kingdom of men ramps things up, do not be fearful. Yahweh is ramping things up for his saints. He is ramping things up for his saints currently. Mark chapter 13 and the 19th verse, For in those days shall be affliction, brethren such as was not from the beginning of the creation, which Yahweh created unto this time, neither shall be, and expect that Yahweh hath shortened those days. No flesh should be saved, but for the elect's sake, whom he hath chosen, he hath shortened the days. Stamina, endurance, stand. And if you can still stand, stand, yasak, yasak, stand. Look at verse 10 of Revelation. I took the little scroll out of the heavenly angel's hand and I ate it up. You see, John had to assimilate. And this is what we have to do. He had to assimilate the content of the scroll before communicating it to others. 
And this is something that I'm struggling with in my life right now. My wife is admonishing me. Even my, my eldest son is admonishing me. I have to be able to assimilate her everything before I can communicate it to you. And at times I find myself, my wife's like, you're like a, like a unbridled stallion at times. I mean, just, I just want to look a must. I just want to go. But it's like, hang on. I, got, I, I need to assimilate the content before I can communicate. But in my excitement and zeal, I think sometimes I come out and I maybe it's, it's too, I need, to, I need to be. That's my immaturity. And I'm trying to be more mature. I'm just being honest with you. And I have, you know, people that help me with that, counsel me, and, and I appreciate that. So I've got to assimilate what's going on before I just blurt it out and communicate it. And I'm tempted and tested to do that. So I'm trying to learn and weigh that right now because there's so much that I want to share, but I don't want to get ahead of where I'm supposed to be. And that is... Um, is a struggle for me right now because I'm so excited. I'm so, but it's like, okay, I've, I have to assimilate the content of the scroll before I can communicate the content of the scroll. If we're a true witness and true teacher of Yahweh's word, it just cannot be mental assent. It has to be lived. We have to become what we say. We have to become what we say. And if we're not, we're doing nothing more than gossiping about Yahuwah's word. Nothing more than gossiping about Yahuwah. Nothing more than gossip, gossiping about Yahushua. So for me, I have to become what I say. And that is living it. And it is hard and painful and troublesome at times. Because it's real. But that's been my whole life, which is why... I believe Yahweh's hand is upon me because I teach what I've lived and I teach it through the word because my life is a miracle as your lives are miracles because we have been transformed from the inside out and we do have a hope and an assurance but it's the true light it's not what the world is embracing right now and soon to embrace legally to their very destruction. You have to live the world. We have to live in the world, but we have to live the word because the word has to be internalized. The revelation that we see has to actually be lived. It has to be wrestled with for me and for you to be the true witnesses that Yahuwah has for us. Yahuwah's word must be actively appropriated rather than passively received. Actively appropriated rather than passively received. That's what the communication of Yahuwah is. That's what the Sabbath is. That's what the feasts are. That's what the festivals day. They force us to actively participate and appropriate our faith instead of just sitting in church on Sunday, passively receiving little bitty dainties. Right? 
Now you've got to live it. You've got to appropriate it. You have to keep the commandments because it's not passive. You internalize it, you count the cost, and you live it. The sour stomach reflects the judgment of Yahuwah upon the nations. And if you fail to apprehend the first seal and fail to be ushered under its canopy of receiving the marriage supper invitation, then you will be called to faithfully bear witness to the world where you won't be delivered from martyrdom and death, but through martyrdom and death, a glorious resurrection. But Yahuwah is merciful and long-suffering. This was, a, this, was a, this was a hard one for me to put together, I've got to tell you, Revelation 10. I have to live it. An experience that sometimes comes a little terror. I've had a little experience with that. But I pray this message touched your heart because it really touches my heart because it's real. It's so real. And the time that we're living in is so real. Let's have a look and see what you say on the chat. Let's get into the chat here. I don't know how long I went, but I feel like I was just in another world. All right. Let me come on back here. Come on back here. If you want in the chat, make it red at Torah to the tribes, and it will surely help me pick you guys out here. In the chat. All right. Let's see what we got here. Okay. I think we're looking good here, are we? Yes, we are. Hey, this one is from Chris. Shabbat Shalom, Chris. At Torah to the Tribes. Can we lift the world in prayer to repent? And delay Yah's judgment so that our loved ones may wake up, dad and wife. Let's do that right now. Thank you, Chris. Bow, bow our heads in prayer. Abba Yahuwah, we do pray for the world, Abba, and those that are in the world. Abba, you have delivered us out of the world, and we have a vision and a clarity and an understanding to see. But to those that are perishing, it still remains veiled. So, Abba, you are the one that lifts the veil. And we do pray for the nations in the world at large, Father, and pray, Father, that you would open the eyes of those that you have ordained to see, those other that may have chosen the wrong path. We ask, Father, that you would set them on the path to life. Abba, hear our prayers, we say, in Yahushua's mighty name. And everybody said, Amen, Amen. Thank you, Chris, having a heart for the brethren having a heart for the world, those that are perishing, because you know we were there also at one point. Yes, yes, in the back there, thank you. Will you explain the difference between astronomy and astrology and how that relates to Genesis one fourteen? Yes, yeah, that's interesting. Um, I think I think so many people get a little bit, um, especially coming out of the church, a little freaked out about astronomy by mixing it up with astrology. Okay, my grandmother 
um, used to read tea bags. Give me a break, okay? That's a bunch of witchcraft, right? Astrology is like when you turn turn to the back of some trashy magazine, like, you know, Vogue or something, and they've got Pisces and Libra and all that, and they're reading your tea leaves for what, what's going to happen the next day or that month or some characteristic. That's soothsaying. That's witchcraft. That's Babylonian. We don't do that stuff. But astronomy, astronomy is the stars in the heavens. And we, each and every man and woman, we were born at a particular time when the stars and the sun and everything was in alignment. And that does have value, especially with times and seasons. So um, Isaac Newton, okay, he was a believer back in the 1600s. All right. And um, he believed and was a great astronomer. Astronomy, the study of the Shamayim, the heavens and the stars and the luminescence. That is truth. And we do do that. And there are some people um, we've made connection with with a with a, uh, a fellow um, recently online who's who's really got some very great value. But he's not into astrology, it's astronomy, and it's a real gifting, and some have a real talent for understanding, and it has great value. And especially as we get into Revelation 12, we are going to be um, examining that, and we have counselors um, that are helping us, and teachers that are helping us, helping us, that is their strength. Um, to study that thing. Larry here, right in studio, and um, one of the brothers, Malik, has recently been um, communicating with us, and we're very appreciative of that. Now, so we just be on guard not to get into, of course, astrology difference than astronomy. So I hope that makes sense. There is a distinction that needs to be Ah, much more truth. Shabbat Shalom, Brandon. He hasn't read it up, but I was reading the reading the book of Jeremiah this morning, drinking my my Java, and um, Jeremiah wept. He knew the people wouldn't repent. He did. I love to read the prophet Jeremiah. I love to read Isaiah. Those are just um, books I could read and read and read again because I really feel a kinship, especially with the prophet Jeremiah and the times and the days that he lived in. I really find myself and have for many, many years found just a real soothing and a, a minister in that book because I see, I see the suffering, I see that, and I also see the, the peril of the nations, and I see the judgment coming. Ah, let me see. I like this guy's, um, uh, could be a gal, could be a gal, um, little sign here and their name. It's a, it looks like, a, let me try and zoom up on it. Well, it's definitely a handgun, not kind of sure which one it is. Be Elite Tactical, nice. Powerful, what a great reminder, yeah. It's a good one, let's see. Yashub, Yashub, Shabbat Shalom. Just a quick message from Yashub. The gr age of grace is ending soon. Yeah, it is, it is. 
And then much more truth says, at white moon, it becomes bitter because you realize that the people won't wake up and repent. That is so true, isn't it? How many times have you tried to minister and share what Yahweh has done in your life and you and people just want to carry on sinning and, and it is bitter. It is hard. Or when you have a great message to be able to share and then people turn away from it, it is very bitter, very bitter. Um, Bethany Bagwell, Shabbat Shalom, Chris and Bethany, she says this, seeing the depth of Lucifer weaved and infiltrated into literally everything in this world, seeing that the truth is enough to make you absolutely sick. I have been close to vomiting before, and she's not talking about when she had morning sickness. They just recently had a new baby. So, But, um, yeah, it does, it does make you terribly sick when you see and experience that, that lack of repentance. Um, this is from Julia. Anna Livingston said, Matthew, when do you believe the prophecy of Acts 2 and Joel 2 will come to fruition? Well, we are the army of Yahweh, and he is gathering up his army right now in this very time. And I believe, of course, tomorrow we've got Shavuot, the indwelling of the Ruach HaKodesh. So we're living in some powerful, powerful times. That is for sure and for certain. And being alert to the world in which we live is so important. Olivia Ebling, Shabbat Shalom, Olivia. Um, she says, at Julia, yes, he surely has just so much endocrine, or maybe in doctrine, endocrine. I don't want to fall in the trap of the New Age stuff. Correct. You've got to be wise and alert right now, not to fall in any of those traps that they are snares that they are setting. A lot of snares being set right now, both legally and they're not legal, but you know, they, a lot of guidance snares and recommendation snares being tr set right now. So you just have to be very alert to, to, to see that. Um, this question from J.R. and, La and Lena Wide Awake. Are we getting close to the greater exodus and do you believe we will go to literal Goshen Heights? I do believe that we will uh, go on a greater exodus. It will be literally, it will be time where you're gonna, we're going to be pushed out to a Goshen. But we have to be so wise right now. It's not going to be um, we, uh, by the hands of man. We're not just going to up and go with our rice and beans. It, well, Yahweh will make it clear and apparent to all of us, but those that go early will be like Ephraim that went 40 years early and gets slaughtered in the wilderness. So be careful. Um, be elite tactical, says thus. In your Shavuot teaching from last year, you speak of two tribulations. Will some of the judgments in Revelation not be for this time, but not till the second and great tribulation? Some will be for the great tribulation. Some are going to be in a foreshadow in, in Jacob's trouble, the first Jacob's first tribulation, if you will, 
which is I believe that we are coming or possibly in this time now where Jacob met with Esau and it's a dividing of the house. It's a dividing of the house. This was his first trouble, Jacob's first trouble, of course, right there. So, yeah, interesting. Much more truth is being a salty, salty fella. And he says, at Odessa Davis. The <laughs> yeah, I love this guy. The rapture is a free... Brandon, if you have met him, he is as bold as a lion. Sometimes we have to say chill. But, you know, you think I'm, I'm youthful and zealous, this guy. I love it. At Odessa Davis, the rapture is a Freemason lie. We're going through. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. And he's got some skull emojis and a smiling face with horn emojis. Yes. I'm not sure how old Brandon is, but, you know, he reminds me of uh, my youthful self, which is a good thing, brother. No, no criticism. I love it. I love a nice bit of salt and fire. But, you know, I do need to chill as well. So, mm -hmm. Odessa Davis. I know, but I try to explain it to my mum. Isn't it always tough trying to explain things to your mum? Isn't it? And even you, in my case, my mum and then my, my mother-in-law too. But my mother-in-law, she, she really actually sometimes, I find, has got quite a bit of wisdom. And I just need to kind of chill a little bit because I get all fired up. But then it's like, I, I need to balance these things out. See, we learn from all kinds of people. I know, but I try to explain it to my mum. But she uses the people in the field. Will one, will one stay, the other will disappear. Is there a Bible verse that proves the rapture is a lie? Yeah, it's Second Thessalonians. It's a whole chapter, isn't it? Oh, we'll hit, we can hit you up with that one. That's a, yeah, really, Second Thessalonians. That's for another time. Is it Second? And now, I'm, and now I'm doubting myself. Second Thessalonians, right? Yeah. Ah. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Arnold, Shabbat Shalom, Kevin. When will Yahudians be set free from Americans' captivity? Well, I think right now people are waking up to either going into captivity, if they're not awake, or saying, I can't go into this captivity. So I think right now we're seeing that division of the sheep and the goats. And I pray that the, tr the true Yehudians will wake up and that that gospel is being shared. But I was looking at, um, the other day on our Google Analytics in the um, YouTube and still um, I think our most viewed teaching this, um, this month again was still the migration of Judah. So, so many people are, are waking up to 
that which I think is very encouraging, very encouraging. And then when you see clowns like Joe Biden saying, um, you ain't black unless you vote um, Democrat, I think people start to go, whoa, whoa, hang on a minute. What is this clown talking about? And then people start to question the narrative. And that is when I start to get a little bit of hope that people are waking up because um, that's just plantation talk right there, isn't it? I mean, my goodness, what a clown. Anyway, uh, he's going to go down in a, in a hail of fire, isn't he, at this point? So, and I know some of you aren't fans of Candace Owens, but I, I think that she is just, uh, just v very virtuous and honorable. And, man, I just think that she's doing a great work. And I know when people say that, they get all upset with, um, with me about it. I don't know why people don't like Candace Owens. I know a lot of people do, but then some of you out there just don't. Um, I think she's really doing a great job waking up a lot of people. And I know it's not about Republican, Democrat. The whole system's corrupt. But just waking up to um, the reality of how people race bait and they try to divide the coat of Joseph. That's the main thing. Regardless of your politics, it's like, hang on a minute. This is bigger. We are the children of Adam, okay? Therefore, we are a multi-ethnic group coming out of the nations and we're together. That's the power because we are of one kind. We are of one people. We are the Malkitzedic Technicolor coat of Joseph. And that is terrifying to the globalists in the New World Order. So I support anyone that wakes up those pockets of division and brings us into the unity of the gospel of the one new man, regardless of where we're from, what color our skin is, or what kind of fancy English accent we have. It makes no difference. Yahweh is not a respecter of persons. All right. Somebody gave me a thumbs up on Candace Owen. Good. That is Lorraine Oki. Oki Doki. All right. Ah, we got another one. Drew, Candace Owens is awesome, not taking anything from anybody. All right. So now we're getting a little bit of somewhere. Well, I don't know where all the trolls went then. Car Cairo Alexander, I love Candace. All right. Who likes Blexit? Right. That's, that's of course, her, the big platform that she's been using lately, um, which is very successful. Uh, let's see. All right, Edie Worthington Platt. I think Candace Owens is a breath of fresh air, a beautiful young woman. See, it's all right, so good. We got some people that are all right with Candace. Candace has a very welcome and wonderful message. Educated and intelligent, and communicating throughout the lines and breaking down the barriers. That's what's powerful. And, you know, I don't know where she stands in her faith, 
but being able to break down the lines. That's what we're doing from a faith aspect. But if somebody, I'm not sure if she is secular or a believer, I don't know. But I'm saying anybody that tries to break down the barriers and say, hang on, people, let's come together against the globalists. I'm all up for that, you know. I'm all up for that. And then when you got Sleepy Joe exposing himself for who he truly is, I think, well, great, now we get to see a crack in the Luciferin, right? A crack in the Luciferin. Of course, they're going to roll out Barack Obama to prop him up. But, uh, you know, anyway, anyway, what we got here? Oh, I like this one. I don't know, do we? All right, hiding in Eden, not that we're going to turn this into a Candace Owens diatribe, but hiding in Eden says Candace Owens is from Babylon, Venus rising. Okay, so there you go. I'm not saying that she's not, I, I don't know, is she secular then? Is that what he's saying? Or are they saying, maybe? Uh, Shiloh, Shiloh, of course, we know who Shiloh is. I know who Shiloh is. He's my mailman. And uh, he's hiding under a sage bush up here in Hood River. But we can't give out his um, coordinates, I'm afraid. At Torah, is this a pandemic or dem panic? <laughs> nice one, nice one. Yes. Then um, Raphael Miller says, unite against their dark agenda. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Ah, uh, Drew says, it won't be Barack, it will be Michael. Right, right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Michael was like a basketball player, yeah, yeah. It's the trans agenda. Mm. All right, Jebling Four says Obama is returning, no doubt. Olivia Ebling saw him in a dream years. You mean a nightmare? Years back, coming to our home, and Yah blinded him with a bright light, and he fled. Oh, there you go. Good grief. And then much more truth has got some emojis here. She has more. The emoji is a basketball. I think he wants to get rid of the basket and just go with a ball than Barack does with a grinning, squinting face. Yeah, of course. <laughs> All right, baby. So. Hmm. Oh, Michelle Moneywell, Dem Panic is from a QAnon post. Oh, okay. Ah, oh, Dem, all right. Interesting. See, I've got lots of different ideas here. Yashub says, speaking of Revelation 10, the seven seals of a rainbow reveals a body of light. That is real light when all seven seals unite in the covenant of the arcs, 
the Ark of the Covenant? Opinions. That's a great question, Yashub. You have a question in here? I was just going to go back to that rapture question. Oh, please do. Uh, And answer it for me, too, (laughs) while I take a swig. 1 Thessalonians 4. It's 1 Thessalonians, not 2 Thessalonians. See, I I said 2 Thessalonians, and I had this niggling doubt in me. I'm like, is it 1? Yes, see, it's 1st 4, not 2nd 4. So 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 17, talks about the rapture timing. But also uh, Matthew 24, uh, I believe it's 29. Uh, But really, you can blow apart the whole pre-tribulation rapture by just slowly reading through 1 Thessalonians 4. Just line upon line, here a little, there a little. Yeah, and and Matthew 24, 29 says uh, immediately after the tribulation, yes, he will return. Thank you. Thank you very much. Great. And let us see here, Brian Price. Shabbat Shalom, Brian. If all, both great and small, will take the mark of the beast, how will we avoid taking it? It will be a choice because it is a sign of allegiance. It is a sign of devotion to a system because you want to part, not you, but the person that takes it, they want the privileges and they will then get the penalties. Signing up, contracting for privileges. Mm. E.D. says, I saw something saying Obama will be the first leader of the new world order. Oh, Shiloh's given his coordinates under the sagebrush. 30 degrees long, 30 degrees lat. <laughs> that guy. Oh. Did, you t- did you change your mail van? Did you do the graphics? Did you? I told you to. I hope he did. Michael Christian, where do you think the ten lost tribes went? Well, I don't think we're lost. I think we got scattered into the nations. Now, Stephen Collins does the best, I think, um, um, explanation of the migration of the tribes. But, um, and be careful, because I have to be especially careful with my English accent that people don't mistake it for British Israelitism, because that's not what I stand for. But, you know, it's it, because that, that is something that um, there is that doctrine. Um, but Stephen Collins really breaks it down, the migration of the tribes. Typically, you've got it going, um, of course, that westward migration from Jerusalem, and you have the migration of the true house of Judah down into Africa, into Negro land and the land of Judah, the kingdom of Judah, already explained that but then you have the western migration too with Ephraim being all 10 tribes and then you have of course Manasseh uh, and um, being in the United Kingdom and Ireland and uh, of course the Isaiah scroll found over there in Ireland and you have many of that Um, 
Britam, Britain, Britain, people of the covenant, people, Britam, people of the covenant, of course. And then you have um, Ephraim coming over into the Americas. So that's just a, a quick synopsis there. But again, people have done in-depth, in-depth on the migration of the tribes. So let's see. We'll finish up here, but good, good. Let's see what else here. This is from Spiritual or Warrior 33 Love. Hallelujah. How do you see the scriptures? Do we flee everyone into their own land? Should I leave America? Will there be a second exodus? So again, yes, I believe there will be a second exodus. There will be an, an exodus from the nations, all nations, and we will go to the land of biblical Israel. But first of all, there's got to be a cleansing of the land up that western seaboard and an opening up for the tribes of Joseph all of the tribes of Israel coming in. And until that happens, it would be premature to leave and would fall into the peril that Ephraim did, which is, um, I believe, in the 70, 70 chapters of the book of Yasha, explains what happens when um, Ephraim left early. So we have to be careful with that. Oh, this is from Shiloh. I don't know. All right. We'll speak it out. Obama, whose secret service name is Renegade, will be arrested by military police, put on trial, and found guilty, then hung before the new year. All right. That's what Shiloh, under the sagebrush, is putting out. Now, I haven't vetted that. Um, but um, we'll get back to you on that one on uh, the 1st of Jan. All right. My son is laughing. Yeah. Okay. Now, I'm up, I'm, up, I'm up for what you're saying, you know, if it's all lawful and done above board. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> Truth hurts. Do you think presidents are elected or selected? I'd go for the latter. And we'll finish up with Drew. What translation do you suggest in these last days? Okay, what I suggest is twofold. I suggest um, for the best translation, in my opinion, is the Restoration True Name Edition Scriptures. I like the third, second and third edition. I believe that is the best translation. I also, for recording all of your family information, I do like the King James Bible. I don't have it with me right now. 
a specific um, edition um, which has a very... Do you know what, what, what edition is that? I think it's the... Uh, oh, blast. Well, anyway, I'll have, you'll have to ask me that question next week. I, I rushed out of the house a little late today, so I'm actually got borrowing Doug's Bible up here today. Um, but it is a specific King Jimmy of the um, Queen Victorian era, and it's got a great record for your births, for your marriages, death, and such forth that do stand up in a court of law. So I like to have that one as a family heirloom for all of the recordings. And then I love the Restoration True Name Edition, um, third edition for, in my opinion, the best translation. And uh, I think with those two, you're very good. I also like the Brenton Septuagint, the Brenton Septuagint um, translation of the Septuagint. Um, I do not recommend the Sefer whatsoever. So, Drew, no, I do not recommend that whatsoever. And Diesel Grandpa is giving me a no Sefer as well. So, yes, um, I re-gifted that a long time ago. Um, so, and much more truth, Drew, the Sefer is a $100 paperweight. I would agree with that as well. Now, another Bible that is good is the one put out by the South Africans, and it is from, what is it? Put it up here in the chat. The, the one put out by the South Africans. You guys, put it up in the chat, Diesel grand, Grandma or Diesel Grandpa. Um, it is, oh, it's blue. Uh, Institute for Scriptural Research or something, I believe. Yeah. Put it up in the chat if you remember what that one is. That one's pretty good as well. No, I don't believe it is the Hallelujah Scriptures. Um, somebody else. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the Scriptures. Thank you. Golden 7856, The Scriptures. Yeah, it's just called The Scriptures. I think that's the one, yeah. I think that is um, printed out of um, South Africa, and that's, that's a good one too. But, uh, yeah, my favorite, again, Restoration True Name Edition with the King Jimmy for your recordings. But it's a particular one that's authorized by Queen Victoria that actually is, um, stands up in a court of law, which I like. So, anyway, what else we got? I could keep going because I'm having so much fun. Hey, bless you guys. Shabbat shalom. Hey, please give us some thumbs up. There's a lot of you that are watching right now that haven't given us thumbs up. And you haven't subscribed to the channel. And it makes all the difference. Remember, it is the counting of the Omer. It's the 49th day of the Omer. Tomorrow is Shavuot. 11 o'clock. Torah to the tribes dot com forward slash connect go to our connect page you can connect with people the world over most of our people are from america 
Australia, Canada, and South Africa and the United Kingdom. I was looking at the analytics. So it's about time we got a lot more people from India and from some of the other regions out there because we are here to gather all 12 tribes that are scattered abroad. So wake up your neighbor, share the good news, subscribe to the channel, and please do consider supporting this ministry with your tithes and your offerings. It really does make all the difference. And thank you to all of you in-house and all of you that are here. And that was just a wonderful way to open today with our brother Doug that was playing the guitar for us and singing a song. And it was thoroughly enjoyable for us in here on house. And I pray it was to you out there. Shabbat Shalom. And again, I look forward to seeing you live next Shabbat. And let's see if the smoke clears a little this week. Shalom. <laughs>